We're going to be in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We're going to start at verse 11. It's a lot, it's a lot of scripture this morning. So just bear with me as I, as I plow through this. Here we go. Verse 11. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and then squandered his wealth in wild living. What is your wild living? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> wild living. Focus. Where'd you go, John? After, verse 14, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to the citizen of the country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he had come to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I want to talk to you from the subject, the father's heart. The father's heart. Let's pray one more time. We'll get started. Father, we thank you for today. God, we pray that you would just have your way in this place. Holy Spirit, we recognize you as the guest of honor. And so we say, do what only you can do. We won't leave your change. We won't leave your better. But not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. So we love you. We bless you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone. Say it. Amen. Amen. Hey, friends, I just discovered this gem in Roner Park. It's a, it's a Mexican market called Janita's Market off of Southwest Boulevard. It's phenomenal. It's so good. And so I went there the other day. But I, I got to tell you, like, before I continue my story, uh, what you have to know about me is that I may look Mexican, but I don't speak any Spanish. And it's very interesting because no matter where I go, whether it's a Mexican market, whether it is a Mexican restaurant, I, I'm always greeted with hola. They always say hola to me, and then I have to tell them, like, I know, no, no Spanish. You know, like, I, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and so, and then, like, usually the way it goes is they're like, oh, this guy's a fake one. And they start talking to me in English. And, uh, and so, so I, I preface that because I, I went to this, this market, Janita's Market on Southwest Boulevard, and uh, I go in there, I go in there, and I start ordering, or I'm looking to order, uh, or to, to purchase, I, I forgot what it was exactly, but I go in there, and I'm looking for it, this, it's a brand new environment, you know when you go to a place for the first time, you're like, where, I don't know where anything is at, and so, uh, so I go and I'm trying to find some. I can't find it. So I see uh, an employee there. And I go up to the employee and, and I say, excuse me, ma'am. Um, I'm trying to find this. And she turns around. And she's like, hola. And she begins to talk to me in Spanish. I'm like, that's okay. Because I, I, I know the routine. I'm half Mexican, but I don't speak it. And so I'm like, oh, I, no, no, uh, no Espanol, right? No Espanol. And, uh, and she, lo she looks at me a bit puzzled, but then she continues in Spanish. <laughs> and, and so I'm just, I'm very confused at the moment because I, I clearly told her no Espanol, 
right? And so she's talking to me in Spanish, and I'm like, I, I don't, I, no, no, you know, like, no, I'm trying to communicate. And then she's trying to communicate to me, and we're going back and forth. And so I'm trying to tell her, like, hey, I don't understand what you're saying. And she's trying to tell me I don't understand what you're saying. And we're, we're in a pickle here. Because, like, none of us knows, understands what's happening. We're, we're so confused. And, I, and so I, I'm about to give up hope, right? And uh, so I, I'm about to just nod, pretend like I understand what she's saying. And then grace, graciously walk away. But right when I'm about to do that, one of her coworkers comes. And, and she said, sir, can I help you? And I was like, yeah. And so I tell her what I'm looking for, and she begins to translate what I'm saying to my friend who doesn't understand what I'm saying, and I don't understand what she's saying. And so she translates, she tells her, then this lady tells her, and it's just this amazing conversation, because now I understand what's going on. And she understands what's going on. And I'm like, man, this is amazing. The fact that we now understand what is taking place in this moment. Now, here's why I tell you that. Not to judge me. Because I know some of you guys are. You're like, fake one. Um, <laughs> but here's, here's why I tell you this. It's because what we, have, what we see uh, with Jesus' three years of ministry while on earth, there are many times when Jesus talks to his followers, his disciples, about something, and the disciples are like, we have no idea what you're saying. You drink your blood, eat your flesh. Jesus, what are you talking about? Like, there were some times when Jesus just sounded like Dr. Seuss, everybody. Like, and his, his followers are like, we, we don't understand what you're saying. And rather than Jesus getting offended, what he would do is he would translate kingdom principles into a, a bite-sized pieces so that his followers and his disciples could understand, comprehend, and then do it. And the way that Jesus did this is he would speak to them in what is called a parable. Now, the Greek word for a parable is parabole. And what it means is to take two things, place them side by side, and to compare the similarities between the two things. And so Jesus, he would use paraboles to, to communicate, the, the compare, to use as a comparison of a kingdom principle to an earthly situation. Now, if you have been raised in church some time, or if you, you are fairly mature in your faith, you realize that the more you grow in your relationship with Jesus, the more, uh, the, like, kingdom culture and this culture that we live in now, they butt heads. So the more that you grow in, in your relationship with Jesus, the more that, that you understand, like, how things operate here is different than how things operate there. And so, so, so Jesus, he, he, he's having to break down. He wants his followers, he wants his disciples to understand kingdom principles. So he speaks to them in parables, parables. Now, uh, if you are brand new here to Discovery, uh, we, we, we've talked about this before. But when it comes to a parable, there are three things that, that you and I 
need to look at. There's three things, let me say it this way, three things that Jesus identifies in every parable that he talks, that, that he gives. The first one is this, we have to identify who is God in this parable. The second thing that we have to identify is who, who are we in the parable. And the third one is what, the third thing that we have to identify is what is the kingdom principle that Jesus is trying to get across in this parable. Now in Luke chapter 15, the verse that we read at the very beginning, it, it is uh, the, the kingdom principle of what Jesus is trying to get across to his listeners, to his audience, is to identify the Father's heart. To identify God the Father's heart towards you, 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 you. The one that dropped the phone, you. <laughs> like he's trying to identify the Father's heart. And so in this parable, this parabole, uh, what Jesus, th there's three main characters. There's three main people in this, in this parable. The first one is the Father. Now, the Father is God the Father. In this one. So every anytime in the parable we read about God, or excuse me, every time in the parable we, we, we hear about the Father, Jesus is referring this Father to God the Father. Okay, so anytime anything that the Father in this parable says, anything that he does, any any like know that Jesus is using this parable to compare him to God the Father. So so there's a father. Then also in this parable is uh, we have two siblings. We have the younger sibling and then we have the older sibling. Now the younger sibling and, and these two siblings, what I love, it's so, it's so much to real life because they're so different than, from one to another. They're, they're, they're so different. Just like real kids. They're, they're not the same. So the younger sibling, the younger sibling uh, we write in the text is uh, he, he, he goes to his dad. And he's like, hey, dad, I love you. You're amazing. But uh, I'm going to leave. I actually, dad, I want, give me my inheritance because I'm about to take it. And I'm about to go live it up and do whatever I want. Now. This, friends, this younger sibling, this is some people in this room this morning. The, it's, it, this younger sibling, is, is, there, it's this person who uh, maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you, uh, you, you, you started going to church for a little bit and you, and you love Jesus and, and it's all good. But then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you just, you left. You left the church. Or you left your relationship with God. You're like, man, you know what? I grew up. I'm an adult now. I don't need this thing. And you just left. Maybe, maybe for you, this, this younger uh, sibling, it also represents someone who, who maybe has never had a relationship with God. And so here is this younger sibling. This younger sibling, he, he's like, Dad, you know what? I love you. I appreciate you. But I'm going. I'm leaving. Hasta luego. Right? There's my Spanish for you. I'm leaving. I'm gone. And so he leaves. And then, but then there's also the older sibling, the firstborn. Come on, firstborns. Yeah. See, while the, while the younger sibling is like wild and crazy, come on, us firstborns, we're loyal. We're like the favorite of the parents. And, and, uh, and uh, some parents have explained to do because your kids are in here. <laughs> Topic for lunch. Dad, is that true? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and so, so, so there was a younger sibling. He was like, I'm going to do whatever I want. But then there was an older sibling. And the older sibling, man, he was, uh, he, he was loyal. He, he was like, Dad, whatever you need, I, I got you. Dad, I'm never going to leave your side. I know, like, working here is not my dream job, but, like, uh, whatever, I'm faithful to you, Dad. I love you. I'm going to do whatever you want. And so that, that uh, when Jesus is telling this, this parable, that older sibling is perhaps some, some in this room today who, who you, you grew up in church or, or you started coming to church, and, man, you just, you're so faithful to it. Like, you're loving Jesus with all your heart. You're loving God the Father with all your heart. Like, you're just, you, you're just, you're in love and you're doing it and you're faithful. And, and no matter the ups and downs of life, you're still showing up. And so they're, they're in this parable, we got the father, we got the older sibling, we got the younger sibling. And uh, these two siblings, they, they're, they're so different from one another. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but if I'm the father in this parable, I, based off of my sibling, these the siblings' actions, I am more drawn to the older sibling than to the younger sibling. Like I have this innate desire to, in fact, in fact, th this is kind of what culture tells us. Be loyal to those who are loyal to you. But if someone backstabs you, write them off for good. <laughs> don't show mercy. Don't show forgiveness. You just get out of here. Like that's what culture tells us to do. And so, so here, here is, like, if I'm the dad, my, my inclination is to draw more towards the loyal son, the one that was with me the whole time, the one who never left me, and to say to the younger one, man, you know what, you messed up coming to me now that you're broke, that you have no food, be gone. <laughs> but I am so glad that God the Father doesn't operate the way that I do. I am so glad that God the Father doesn't operate in the way that culture tells us to operate. I'm so glad that God the Father operates in a different level, level on a different way. And so what I want us to do within our next few moments together, we are going to, the story is actually going to unfold and, and is going to reveal to us the Father's heart. And I think it's so important that you and I, that we get a clear picture of the Father's heart because for a lot of us, we have a misinterpretation of the Father's heart. We have a misunderstanding of the Father's heart. And what it's really done, instead of drawing us closer to who He is, it's kind of pushed us away. And so my hope this morning, within the next 45 minutes, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, calm down. <laughs> calm down, we know there's a game today. We know. <laughs> But, but my heart is that, 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 I, that we, the Holy Spirit would just reveal to us who God the Father, the heart of God the Father. So that when we, when we think of God, when we think of Father God, we view him and we understand his heart. So uh, we're going to talk about the heart of the Father. I'm going to reveal a few things and then we're going to be gone. So the youngest son. The youngest son, he, he goes and he does his own thing, right? We read it in Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15. We, we, we read uh, that the son, the youngest son, he goes out and he's, he says, Dad, I, I, don't want, I don't want to live here anymore. I don't want your rules. 
I don't like, I don't like how you treat me. I don't have any freedom here. Sound familiar? I, I don't, I, there's nothing, like I'm so annoyed, you're so bossy. <laughs> he says, he says, give me my inheritance so I can go. And so, so the, the father's like, okay. And he gives his son his inheritance. I want to pause for a sec because I think this is very important. That the father could have been, nope, you stay here right now. You are never leaving, ever, ever. You, like, don't even think about it. He could have, the father could have also tried to, like, get him to stay. Okay, buddy, you, you need a bigger allowance? Okay, you stay here. I will raise your allowance. You need a later curfew? Okay, you stay here, and I promise I will, I will raise your curfew. But the father didn't budge. All we can tell from Luke chapter 15 is that the son came to the father. He was like, Dad, I want my inheritance. And dad's like, okay. And he left. And I think that's very important to understand about God the Father is that God the Father, He is not forceful to you. That He will allow you to make your mistakes. He will allow you to take what He has for you and to go figure out life on your own, by yourself. And so the son, he goes to dad, dad, you my inheritance. He takes, the son takes his inheritance and he goes crazy. The son goes and he's just, he is partying it up. He is living his, li his best life. He's, he's having so much fun doing whatever he wants to do. But then as we read in Luke chapter 15, what we discover is that all of a sudden the son loses his money. So now he's broke. And off, on top of that, if that wasn't bad, not only was he broke, but there was a famine in the land. And so no one could help this, little, this, this boy out because no one had money. Inflation through the roof. He could not afford gas, $6 a gallon. It was crazy. And so he's frustrated. And he says, he, he's like, okay, I need to find a job. And the text that we read in Luke chapter 15, he says he goes, tries to find a job. The only job that he can get, the only job he can get was, was to feed some pigs. And so he's in the pig pen. He's, he's feeding the pigs. And the text says that he looks at the pig's food and he's like, man, this looks mighty good. I'm so hungry. And then he snaps out of it. And he says this. He says, he says, how many of my dad's employees eat better than this? And he says, man, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to my dad. I'm going to say I'm sorry. And I'm going to go to him, ask him to forgive me and to receive me, not as a son, but as a servant. This is huge. So his mindset is already distorted in the fact that he, or in the manner of which he's going to approach his dad. So it says that, that the son, he starts to head back home. And what we see is phenomenal because the text says that the dad saw the son from afar and he ran to his son. Now, the first thing that I want you to know about the Father's heart is that the Father's heart is full of anticipation for you. The heart of the Father is full of anticipation for you. Now, 
I don't think that it was by chance that one day the dad popped out standing on his porch sipping his Folgers coffee and then like all of a sudden his son was right there. I mean, maybe. But I actually think my theory is is that the dad had so much anticipation that his, son, that, that his son would one day return that every morning the dad grabbed his coffee, stepped outside, and was waiting for his son. That he stepped out and he was like, man, I, I know it was rough, but my son, he's coming home. I believe it. I believe it. And he didn't come home then. Then the next day, the dad comes out with his folders. I believe. I have anticipation that my, that my son is coming home. He has his anticipation for his son to return. And so this morning, I need you to know that the father's heart is full of anticipation. It's full of expectation for you. That he has plans beyond your wildest dreams for you. That if you're here and you've never been to church or you stopped going to church, today is the day where you realize that he was expecting you. He's been waiting for you. He's full of anticipation and expectation for you to start walking down the road. And so here's the father in the text. He sees his son far off, and he gets so excited. And then he, it says that the text, in the text it says that he ran towards his son. Now, I've got to be honest. If I'm the dad, I'm running towards the son, and then I'm like, boy. <laughs> don't you ever scare your mom and I like that. Remember, I'm half Mexican. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm running, <laughs> knocking him up. But here's what the text says. It says that the father saw the son far off, and he runs to his son. And when he gets to the son, he embraces him. He hugs him. What is he trying to show in this moment? That God the Father, his heart has unconditional love for you and for you and for you and for you and for you. His love is unconditional. See, it doesn't matter what last night looked like for you. The Father's heart, he has unconditional love for you. He loves you. He was waiting. He was, he was full of anticipation and expectation for you. And he's waiting because he loves you so much. He has this unconditional love for you. In fact, I love in, the in, in Scripture where it says that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for you. Like while you were still messed up, he died for you. While you were still getting drunk, he died for you. While you were still getting high, he, he, he died for you. While you still had your OnlyFans subscription, he died for you. Like he died for you in your worst state. That's the unconditional love he has for you. He's not waiting for you to get it all right and then to be like, okay, how do I look now? He's like, I'm taking you as messed up as you look. 
Because my love for you is unconditional. Friends, there is nothing that you can do to ever make Jesus love you less. He has an unconditional love for you. And this is what we see in our story. The, the Father's heart is that the Father's heart was full of anticipation and expectation. The Father's heart is also full of unconditional love for you and for me. And the story gets great because the son, he's like, his dad's hugging him. He's like, Dad, stop. You're squeezing me too tight. <laughs> and uh, and, and um, remember, the son's, the son's motive was this. He said, I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to tell him that I'm sorry. And then I'm going to have him hire me on as a servant. I'm not going to be his son anymore because he's probably so ashamed of me. And so he gets to his dad. And his dad's hugging him. And his, he, the son is like, Dad, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I left. I'm sorry that, that I tried to do things on my own. I just, I'm not coming to you as a son. I'm coming to you. Will you hire me on? And I find it fascinating that the father's response is like nonsense. You are not, you are not a worker. You are my child. And what he does is he says, he calls, his, he calls his servants. He's like, hey, grab the best cow. Kill it. Sorry, vegans. He's like, fine, get, get my robe. Put it over him. Get my ring. Like, we are celebrating that my son was once dead, is now alive. He was once lost, but is now found. And he's celebrating this moment of who God, or excuse me, of, of this son coming back home. And he's so excited. And the son's like, what is happening? Don't you know what I just did? Don't you know what I've just done? And I think it's very important to see this, too. That the, the third thing of the Father's heart, the Father's heart is full of anticipation and expectation. The Father's heart is, has unconditional love. And the third thing, the, the Father's heart is full of forgiveness. So the son came, is like, I'm so sorry, Dad. I, I, didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to do this. Like, I'm, I, just, I know you, it's hard to love me like now because I, I did this. I betrayed you. I backstabbed you. I'm so sorry. And the father's like, shh. He's like, <laughs> you know, like in a movie? Okay. I got to focus. We got to. He, he, he's like, he's, but, but, but what I love about this is that it's his forgiveness because once the dad forgave the son, the son could have been like, oh, wait, you're not mad at me? We're good? Do, do you think I can get just like 100 more bucks? <laughs> like, uh, right? Like the son could have been like, you're not mad, huh? Okay, cool. Well, I'm, I'll be back. <laughs> you know, and, and he could have left. But please notice this, that the father's heart to forgive should always lead us closer to Jesus, not try to bring us back to where we came from. 
And so the, 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 the forgiveness of the father didn't allow the son to say, okay, I'm, I'll be right back. I'm going to go try my betting again. I'm going to go try my thing again. It, it kept him there. And he was so in awe of the father's forgiveness, so in awe of the father's love that he was just like, what is happening? How can you love me like this? And so that's the younger sibling, but let's be honest, sometimes, man, the father's love is frustrating. <laughs> There's a frustration that takes place with the father because uh, while the younger son was cool and the younger son was in awe of how, God's, uh, how, how his father's unconditional love was for him, uh, the, the, older, the older sibling was different. And I think, like, if we're honest, for those of you that was raised in church, for those of us that have been part of church that, that loves Jesus, like, even when I said Jesus loves you unconditionally, some of you are like, cringe. Grace gospel. You're laughing because it's true. You're, because here's the deal, like, we become the older brother. We be, the older brother was watching what was taking place between his younger sibling and his dad, and he was over here on the side like, man, he doesn't deserve that. He just left you. And some of us, man, we are that older brother where people come in who are messed up and look different, act different. Their, their life looks a little different than what's in Scripture. And we, we're like, man, no, this guy. I've been doing this forever. And if we're not careful, man, we can, we can look and, and, we, and we, we can look at the situation and we can say, but, but God, I've been loyal to you this whole time. Why is everyone celebrating this person over here that just made Jesus the, the Lord and boss of their life? Like, I, celebrate me. I've been here. I quit drinking. I quit smoking. I quit my Tinder uh, subscription. Like, I'm done. As a matter of fact, I'm like, I'm going to church now. I'm reading my Bible now. I'm serving. I'm going to small group. I'm doing all these things. Look at me. It got quiet. <laughs> and it's very easy to be the older brother, to looking at everyone that's coming in like, man. And here's the deal. What I've noticed is that the longer you've been a Christian, the more you become like the older brother. When you just discover Jesus, you are so hyped, so excited, because you know how it felt to be embraced. But the longer that you've been a Christian, the more you forgot how it felt, that moment where God was like, hey, I love you so much. So here's this older brother. He's just bitter, and the band can come up because I'm, I'm gonna finish. The older brother, he's just, he's bitter. He's watching his, his uh, he's watching his younger brother just being celebrated. And uh, the, the fourth, fourth and final thing that I want us to know and to identify with the father's heart is this, that the father sympathizes for you sympathizes with you. See, he, he, here in the, in the text, um, we are very familiar 
with, um, we're, we're very familiar with the portion of the text that says that, um, that the father saw the son, the younger son, he saw him far off and he ran to him. We're very familiar with that part of the story. And so we're very familiar with the idea that, that God the Father wants to meet the person who, who, who doesn't know him or who may have walked away. We're very aware that, that God the Father wants to approach him. But if I'm not careful, my next tendency is to say, but what about me, God? What about me? And so there's a, there's a portion in the text that if you just read past, like, you'll miss it. But, but he, here's the great part. The, the older brother, he's outside. He's angry. He's, he's so upset. Why, can, why is my dad throwing this party for my brother? He doesn't deserve it. Oh, I'm so upset. But then in the text, if you, if you read it fast, you'll miss it. The father notices the pain of his older son and the father steps out of the house and goes to his son who is also outside so the father God the father he not only approached one son the younger one but the father also approached the older one and I think this is great news because it means that no matter where you're at, God wants to meet you. No matter, no matter how far off or how close you think He is or don't think He is, He wants to meet you where you're at. That He's pursuing you. That he's, he, he, he desires and He longs to embrace you. He longs to embrace your pain. He longs to embrace your hurting. He longs to embrace your frustrations. He's desiring you. And He wants to encounter you this morning. 